Hello, everyone, and welcome to Caught My Pod. I'm your host, Sarah Knightley, and joining me back on the show is my guest host, Josh. Welcome back, Josh. Hey, Sarah. Good to be back. Yeah, it's good to have you back on the show. Um, So, Corey won't be here for this episode. Hopefully, we can get him back on the show next week so he can yell at us some more. (laughs) 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 Whenever we disagree. Um... So what did you think? Oh, well, let me go over real quick first what we're going to be talking about, I guess, for the listeners. Um, So this is going to be covering episode two for season eight, and it was titled A Night of the Seven Kingdoms. So what did you think of this episode? You know, honestly, um, it it really wasn't what I was expecting this year. Um, We've kind of spent two episodes now dealing with stuff that you know, when you've only got six hours left, I, I think we're kind of wasting a lot of time so far. Uh, you know, the episodes after this, they do get longer, but there's still only four of them, no matter how you how you cut it. Yeah, I, I can agree with that in a way. I, I did enjoy, and I know you've mentioned this before too, I, I, did, I thought that some of the reunions hit a little better this time that we got. What, what do you think about that? Right. Yeah. I mean, there there were some that, that re- went really well. Um, you know, I like seeing Arya and the Hound get together. That, that's a nice little moment. But, you know, the ones that, that I thought kind of jumped the shark, they just really jumped the shark. You, you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. And we'll definitely get into that. Um, so let's talk about what what do you think the central theme of this episode was? Uh, you know, uh, probably closure, because this is the last time that I think we're going to see a lot of these characters alive. So, you know, moments like Brienne and Jamie, uh, things like that really hit, hit close to home, because at this point, you know, they, they have to start killing off main characters. So we don't know who we're going to we're going to see again. Yeah, I like that closure. Um, I said redemption because it seemed like. We had a lot of that going on with Theon. We had a lot of that obviously going on with Jamie. You know, they both decided to come back to Winterfell and fight for the living when they could have easily not done that. Stay, you know, Jamie could have stayed where he was and Theon could have gone off with Yara. Right. Yeah, yeah, I'll agree with that. That's uh that's a good way to put it. Um, and then we have for our prediction overall for the theme of this season, which is absolution. And I feel like that we're we're still headed down that track. I feel like that we're headed steadily down that path, I think, for the overall theme. Right, right. Yeah, that, that does seem to be where it's going. Um, but, you know, honestly, that that's part of the issue I've had with this year. Because I do agree with you, I think, that characters are going through absolution. Their kind of sins are being resolved. Um, And, you know, that really doesn't seem like Game of Thrones to me, at least. It seems like Game of Thrones to me was about people dying before they got to do that. That's kind of what made the show different. But it seems like near the end, you know, everybody's kind of getting their, their moment. Gotcha. Yeah, like they're sort of playing into some fan service, you think? Yeah, I would say um the the last couple seasons and 
you know, ever since they really got past the books, I think that there's been a little more fan servicey stuff than, than I personally would, would like, but I know that a lot of people disagree with that. Yeah, I feel like season seven definitely did a lot of that. I think season six holds holds up pretty well. But yeah, yeah, I feel like that they really did it a lot in season seven. And I was really hoping that they would stop that and not do it in the last season. But it seems like that <laughs> that that's the direction that they're going. <laughs> yeah, I will say, uh, you know, you've talked in the past about having the, the Blu-rays, the DVDs of Game of Thrones. And honestly, this last season, more than I even want to see the finale of the show... I would love to see what notes George R. R. Martin gave them. Yeah. Because, you know, there there have been some really great moments, and then there's been kind of not-so-great moments, and I'd like to see, you know, what of that are the writers of the show and what of that is, you know, a kind of guideline that he gave them a couple years ago. That would be interesting. I don't, I don't know if they would tell us that. I know he gave them... An overall outline. But right, I don't know. right. And no, yeah. I don't. I don't think that they would ever, ever tell that either. But <laughs> it, it is something that I, I would just find find really interesting. I think you can tell a difference too. Definitely, who's writing the episodes? I was just trying to make sure that I got the names right by looking at the wiki right now. I think Brian Cogman wrote this episode, and I know that he's an avid book reader oh okay okay and then i think i think david nutter wrote the first episode and i've noticed in the past you can tell a difference in their episodes that they right right they do have it like nutter's episodes tend to be more kind of not comical per se but you know there's like dick jokes and right right there's you know, naked horrors all over the place and just just things like that that he does. Whereas Brian Cogman doesn't tend to do that a whole lot in his episodes. He seems to be more, I don't want to say a purist, but he does seem to bring in more of the, of sort of the book stuff. And, but then again, he gets blamed for the whole Dorn plot in season five. <laughs> so. Oh, well then he, he <laughs> deserves a swift and painful death is what you're telling me. He does get blamed for that. So, um, oh, okay. It says right here, Dave, oh, I'm sorry. Dave Hill wrote episode one and Brian Cogman wrote episode two. Okay. So. Well, I know the, the director for the next episode was the guy who did like battle of the bastards and winds of winter and hard home. And, you know, we, we kind of know what's Sapochnik, coming. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. And, and we know what's coming, but you know, the fact that he does kind of have that pedigree makes me, even more excited to see it. Yeah, I'm sorry. I mixed up David. David Nutter actually directed episode one and two. And Brian Cogman wrote episode two. So Nutter is a director and Cogman is one of the writers. I apologize. I got that. I got that confused. You but know, either, Reddit would way, come after you if you didn't. If you I know. didn't uh, change I have that. To, I have to correct myself. Yeah. Or I'll get, I'll get some haters. <laughs> right. We'll have to cut that one out. I'll, I'll get some haters for sure. Um, yeah, I I kind of figured that this was going to happen. 
my fear, honestly, going in was that this was just going to be a complete repeat of season one, pretty much. And they haven't done that to us. So I've been happy about that. Oh, okay. I would I see, I'm, I've kind of liked how it was, how they mirrored. You know, I, yeah, I, I, didn't I thought want that, that that was pretty interesting. Yeah, I, I didn't want that. I was a little worried about that. And I'm glad that they haven't, haven't been doing that too much anyway. There, there has definitely been some callbacks. But they've been subtle and not, you know, completely mirroring and completely in your face, which I've been okay with. But so is the show meeting your expectations so far, Josh? You know, honestly, um, <laughs> not not really. Um, yeah. But it, it's kind of weird. Uh, I was thinking about this earlier today. It It, it is kind of weird how we and I guess society at, at large are, are kind of critiquing the show so far. Because it's kind of like critiquing the page or a chapter in a book. You yeah. know, they're through, and we're only through the second chapter. So, you know, looking back, maybe I'll be eating crow and I'll be like, oh God, those first two episodes really set the table. But as of right now, you know, there's so many main characters that I would like to maybe be one or two down so that people don't have to, you know, we don't have to have an episode where, Half the cast gets killed. I agree. Because that's not. I don't want to see that. <laughs> right. And you know. I love. Uh, I love Jamie. He's probably. You know. If not my favorite character. One of the top two or three. But. You know. He, he really should have died. The dragon should have killed him. Right. Like, last season. Yeah. Like it, it's really nice. And I'm. I'm glad he got to do what he did with. Uh. Brianna Tarth, but you know, whenever we look back, it it may be one of those situations where we went, you know, man, that's you know, he could have had a really good send off compared to to whatever happens. I agree. I, that was really disappointing for me last season when just out of nowhere, here comes Braun saving him, and the the endless deep, you know, pool that he fell in. Right, I, just, right. I hated it. I hated all of it. <laughs> oh yeah, it's like whenever uh, the first time they went north, and then they sent. Um, I think it was wasn't it like Podrick or, or Gendry to go uh, get somebody to save them, and then like five seconds later, somebody's there to save them. And it's like, wait a minute, yep. that trip takes like you know a month. It took the first season, and now we're doing it in five seconds. Yeah, there was a lot of jetpacking. People complained about that a lot. And then you had people that defended it. And, you know, I mean, some people are just going to, they're going to defend everything about the show. They just are. There's not going to be anything that you can say to critique it or they're just going to jump down your throat and, and jump all over you and go crazy. And we do miss you, Corey. Don't, we do. don't get that wrong. Uh, we miss you, Corey, dearly. Yeah, no, I, well, and I totally, <laughs> I, I totally understand where they're they're coming from. But personally, you know, I think that liking something kind of means that that you critique it harder. You know, like for example, Breaking Bad. You know, kind of jumped the shark there at the end, and everybody jumped all over it. Um, I kind of feel the the same about Game of Thrones because the first four or five seasons you know, in my opinion, were as close to perfect as they could be. And I think that's really kind of been the place where I kind of see the most warts since since that moment. 
yeah, I mean, they set the bar really high. And it's a really ambitious show, and there isn't anything wrong with that. And I think that all TV from here on out is pretty much going to be compared to this. And I think all the networks are going to be looking for, you know, what's our Game of Thrones, or when is our next Game of Thrones going to happen? And Well, aren't they saying the... I know that Amazon Prime is doing a Lord of the Rings show. Yes. And it's like the most expensive show of all time for... Yeah. You know, for a service that people accidentally got when they wanted two-day shipping. It, it's exactly. kind of a weird place to do that, but... Yeah, they've spent like a billion dollars on yeah, it. Yeah, I, I was going to say a billion dollars. Or agreed to spend that much. Yeah. yeah, or that's how much they've allotted. I don't know if any money's actually been spent yet, but... And yeah, and that's supposed to be a prequel, too. So that's supposed to be like a a prequel, I think, based on... I don't know how far in the future or I mean, I'm sorry. I don't know how far in the past it's supposed to be, but it's not going to be like, it's not going to be like a remake of the movies that we already have. Thank God. <laughs> well, I mean, I would hope not. Cause you know, for a billion dollars, yeah. I think you should get a little bit more than that. Right. Yeah. Do something different, please. Or at least something we haven't seen before. Of course, it'll probably, you know, after the success of Game of Thrones, we can we can guess it probably has dragons in it. I'm sure. Yeah, I would think so. I know. I mean, Lord of the Rings dragons are quite a bit different than these. So, yeah, I mean, I'm interested. I'm excited about it. Oh, yeah. I mean, I don't, you know, anything like that. If you just told me that there was a billion dollars just in a pile somewhere, I'd go look at it. So, you know, the fact that they actually turned it into <laughs> dragons and shit, like, like, yeah, let's go. Yeah, it's going to be based on Aragorn, I think, is what it's going to be based on. Because I know in the books, there's a lot of, like, appendages and side stories about Aragorn that didn't make it in the films, Obviously, because the films aren't primary, you know, they're not, I mean, he's the main character, but he's not the, the main character. Right. Yeah. He only got one he's of the, main the character. Like, 50 endings. There, there's right. still like 49 other ones. There's a lot of different, right. And he's got a ton of, of backstory and, and different things that happened to him. And so I think that's what they're going to be based on. I'll just never forget. I saw uh, the return of the King in theaters and I hadn't read the book, so, like, he gets the first ending, and then they, like, make him king, and I'm like, cool, I guess we're all getting out of here. And I started to stand up, and everybody else was looking at the screen, and I was like, oh, shit, I guess we still got a little bit to go. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I, I love those movies. Oh, yeah, yeah, they're great. Yeah, I love all those. I mean, I even like the Hobbit movies, so <laughs> don't fault me for that. <laughs> Um, That's okay. The other day I watched, uh, is it called Movie 43? Like it got a zero on Rotten Tomatoes. It was on Netflix and I was like, eh, I'll give it a shot. I laughed the whole time. I was like, I'm a garbage person. Oh, like, this. this is the most white trash thing I think I've ever done is What's laugh at this movie that everybody hates. I think it's called Movie 43, maybe. Hmm. It was in theaters for like a day. Has like <laughs> It has 5% on Rotten Tomatoes. Who's in it? Oh, it's got, like, everybody in it. Uh, apparently, it was made uh, basically to get all these high-profile actors, like, to burn a movie. Because they have, like, movie deals with, with different companies. 
but yeah, I yeah. mean, it's it's got Halle Berry's in it. Like, it has a bunch of big name people in it. But it's it's so dumb. It, it's so dumb that I laughed the entire the entire time. Hmm. Well, thanks for that little info bomb, Josh. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we'll have to check that out now. <laughs> yeah. Um. Well, getting back to our show. Right. Um. I feel like. I feel like this show is meeting my expectations so far, but that's just because I didn't set them very high <laughs> to begin with. <laughs> so, that's really the only reason I tried to be as realistic as I could be about it. No matter how excited I was for the show to come back and you know, how, how long we've been waiting for it. I mean, two years is a long time, almost two years, I guess. Oh yeah. And then, I mean, people that read the books, this is what, like, that's like 20 oh. years for them. I know. It's terrible. So. But that's I, good. So we both had low expectations. Yeah. <laughs> We're both kind of mad going into episode We both three. pretty much agree with it. Um, so let's talk about favorite scenes. Actually, I, I had a few that I, that I really thoroughly enjoyed in this episode. I, I think we pretty much predicted that this was going to be another setup episode. Right. Uh, we can yeah. go ahead and talk about that real quick. Cause I kept them on here. What, um, what predictions we got that came true and which ones we predicted that went wrong. Um, we said Winterfell would be divided between Sansa and Danny. I feel like we're somewhat correct on that. I don't know if people have like taken hard lines yet. Right. Not, well, I mean, they, they would be taking hard lines except there's, you know, White Walkers outside. So it kind of got pushed to the side. Well, and we continuously get interrupted and get cutscenes. Right. So there's that. And we'll talk about that in a second as well. Um, we saw that Tyrion would have to defend Jamie from Danny. That came true. He did kind of have to step up and defend him a little bit. And then we also said this would be a setup for the battle to come in episode three. So of course we were right about that. And then we said that Bran would tell Danny the truth about Jamie and the Mad King, and that was, of course, incorrect, which I really would like to get a scene with the two of them. Yeah, it's weird. Honestly, uh, you know, if you, you look at the show as like, what would I do in that situation? I think Tyrion had the best advice. It was like, hey, let's go talk to this human Google guy right. and see if he can help us. Right. Let's go talk to the guy that knows pretty much everything that's ever happened or I guess it does know everything that's ever happened. Um, so favorite scene. So I really liked the opening scene. I thought it was, I thought it was great. I liked it a lot. It, oh yeah, definitely. That was, you know, that and, and there's one or two others, but yeah, that was up near the top. I thought it was pretty much classic Danny. This was a classic Danny moment. This is how she is. <laughs> This is just the way that she is all the time. You know, she's very stern and doesn't want to listen. She kept uh, side-eyeing Tyrion and calling him out and embarrassing him. I mean, I thought it was classic Danny. What do you think about the scene? Well, you know, not only was it classic Danny, but it was classic Game of Thrones. You know, I, I think a lot of the things that people don't like are things they don't really consider, you know, classic Game of Thrones. But a big, a big scene like that, you know, it was, yes. it was great. Uh, you know, they they really started strong this week. I agree. 
it brought it brought it back to people talking in rooms again, which is what made me fall in love with the show in the first place. Right, right. Yeah, it was the the politicking. And all the looks. Right. <laughs> all the looks were great that people were giving in this episode when Sansa when Sansa agreed with Brienne or Brienne convinced Sansa to let Jamie stay and Danny just shoots her that look. Her neck oh, yeah. going to snap in two. It well, was great. Whenever uh, the show came on, I, I think I sent you a message that said the show should just be the many looks of Winterfell. <laughs> because everyone, and, and Jamie got two of them in. I was like, damn, son, you're putting in work today. <laughs> oh, yes. Well, Jamie always puts in looks. You know that. That's his thing. Well, right, right. <laughs> He's so good at it. I said last episode, I think I just want to follow him around and just watch him make looks at people doing normal things. It would be great. Oh yeah. And you know, he he's from another country and I mean, clearly he can speak English well, but if he just pretended not to speak English well and just did the looks, (laughs) just did the looks. Yeah. You know, goes into Starbucks, (laughs) they try to give him a coffee and he just gives them that. What in the, you know, that that look that he gives surprise and shock and horror all at the same time. I guess it's the kind of look that you know how to do whenever, you know, you enjoy banging your sister. Pretty much. (laughs) Yeah. And then find out she's a complete batshit crazy person. Yeah. While we're talking about Jamie, um, I really enjoyed all the Jamie and Tyrion stuff. Just, just really great. Again, another classic, really classic Game of Thrones. This pretty much brought it back to season one and two with, these scenes with Jamie and Tyrion, you know, they're, they're back to being on the same side again. And, you know, we got a little bit of their kind of the way their relationship, the way that they are with each other. It was just right. nice. I, I really, really enjoyed the scenes with, with those two. Right. And, you know, those scenes, um, you know, there's been a lot of great episodes and scenes in the show, but, I do think that Jamie and Tyrion are, are probably my favorite just because they seem the most relatable. You know, we're not in the Middle Ages. We don't have to do all this. But, like, you can understand talking to your sibling and both of you being like, man, this person we got to deal with, like, we're in over our heads. You know, that sort right. of thing. Yeah, and whenever Tyrion brings up Tywin, he actually made <laughs> he made Jamie chuckle a little bit about it and if you remember back in what season five i believe it was when jamie tells braun if i ever see my brother again i'll kill him you know and of course he has seen him since then once but that was kind of a um you know a tepid well i had a chance to kill him seeing it right yeah that was yeah and and now this time you know he's it was clear that he was over it, in other words, is what I'm trying to say. He was, you know, he's pretty much over everything well, that's happened. Well, and, you know, you got to think, uh, Jamie and uh, Cersei, when they were talking, you know, they were like, the dead's come back to life. You know, there's there's dragons, there's Dothraki. And, you know, when all those things come to life that you never expected and you're the one that has to fight them. I mean, how can you feel other than, oh, shit, we just got to, like, you know, me and my brother, this doesn't matter. That You know, we we have bigger fish to fry. Exactly. Yeah, he's 
he's clearly moved on from all that, like you're saying, and and they're on the same side again, which I love. And then I loved, of course, all the Jamie and Brienne stuff. I loved how that scene in the courtyard where she's, you know, out there watching, you know, kind of watching the men fight. And we got to see Pod fight, which was great. He's improved greatly. <laughs> well, we, we still remember that's not his best skill. I, I think that that's they're just true. worried of leaving him in the crypt with all the, the women and children. <laughs> yeah, that's not the sword he fights with the best. Right. But yeah, I do, I do agree. The Jamie and Brienne stuff, um, you know, they, they really did start the episode strong. And honestly, you know, the last two episodes have been strong. It's just, I, d- I don't know, we're, we're almost two hours in and, and, you know, nothing's really happened. Everybody's still bracing for the rest of the season, basically. Yeah, I definitely feel like the things haven't been resolved. Like, nothing's been really resolved yet. Um which is a problem. And then of course the Sansa and Danny scene I've really loved. And again, here we go with the interruptions. You know, if, if Danny could just have a conversation with somebody, a full conversation, that's all I want for her this season. Right. <laughs> that's all I'm asking. <laughs> I just want the girl to finish a conversation without right. getting interrupted one time. It would be great. They're yeah, having like I, a pivotal um, moment, you know, they're having a pivotal moment where Sansa is asking her a legitimate question, which is what everybody's upset about. And it's finally going to get addressed, which John doesn't seem to give two shits about. And Sansa's like, what about the Norse? You know, we lost it. We got it back. We fought to get it back. People died. And now you have it. <laughs> What's going to happen when you're on the throne? Are you going to give it back? Like, what about the North? What's happening? You know, what's going to happen with that? And then, boom, they're interrupted. Right, yeah. And, you know, honestly, I feel like this has been a problem. Um, the The first time I really noticed it was uh, whenever Littlefinger was killed. Um, yeah. When you go back and look at that, you know, there was a scene between Sansa and Arya, and uh, no one was around. And they're still, you know, Arya's still like, I may kill you. And Sansa's like, I hate you. But there wasn't an audit. There's no reason to do that if they were they were actually friends. And I feel like the way that these scenes are cutting off right before important plot pieces happen, it, it's almost like a play more than more than what would happen in real life. They're just kind of padding time and intention. Yeah, it's it's cheap and I don't like it. And like you're saying, they did it last season and people didn't like it last season. They did it with the scene with Tyrion and Cersei where we finally got. I mean, honestly, I think that they're two of the best actors on the show. Lena Headey and Peter Dinklage. Anytime you can get the two of them in a room together, that's gold. I mean, that's that's what we came for. That's what what we're here for is just to see these people act and you know do this together and they just cut away they cut away at like a pivotal point where he's like you know figuring out finding out that she's pregnant and she's pretty much confirming it and then boom cut away cut back to the dragon pit so we can get more john and danny right and you know that's kind of the funny the dichotomy of the show most of the younger actors are just terrible considered yeah. uh, compared to the Lannisters. I mean, the Lannisters, I think that's the reason the show has worked so well. All of them are compelling. All of them are great actors. 
where, you know, there are some characters, John and, and Danny are two for me, where, you know, sometimes they're, they're reading off cringy. a script. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. Sometimes it's very cringe. Yeah, I've given Amelia Clark a lot of shit on previous podcasts about her, her acting chops, and sometimes it's just hard to watch. And then some things she's really, really good at, and then some things you're just like, oh, this is not... This is not going well. But then, of course, we found out that I guess she had like a brain tumor or something was going on with her. <laughs> so I was like, well, maybe that affected her yeah, acting I, skill some. I saw that. That's, you know, it, it's wild to think back. Stuff like that that you you don't find out until later. And you're like, man, that would have been a different show if they would had to. Because she was eventually, she was initially cast as somebody else, wasn't she? No, she or there was another already... person cast as Danny, like when they shot the original pilot. Well, yeah, she pretty one much of the, the people whole... that they had to take out. Yeah, pretty much the whole cast got recast. Well, I wonder after, if after the pilot, if Amelia Clark would have died, I wonder if they would have had to bring the other girl back. Might have improved the acting, so happened. I don't know. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, <clears throat> I don't know. It's crazy. Like I said, she she does a few things really really well. She's really good at, well, like the opening scene that that she did, you know, with the trial with Jamie. She's good at that. She's good at, like, being the queen and being all, you know, like, I'm the dragon queen and, you know, I'm this and I'm that. She's really good at that, at kind of throwing her weight around and being a bully. She's good at that. But other things, not so much. Right, she's good at at doing something that we would consider acting. She's bad at doing something that we would just consider conversation. Exactly. Like, she's not good at being a normal person. She's good at being an actress. Right, exactly. And being in the costume and being in the wig and... Right. But that's... It's just my opinion. This is the part where Corey would be screaming at me oh, yeah. by now. <laughs> well, that was the thing, you know, all day I've been worried that, that Corey was going to come on here and I would say a word and, you know, it would just be like, actually in the book on page 12, it's like, calm down, Corey. Come you on, man. You would get <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Because it's interesting with her because if you, when you really watch, and I, I watched this. Well, I watched this all the way through twice. Um, I fast, I skip forward and watch certain scenes three times. The scenes I want to talk about on the podcast. But on my third watch, if you watch the scene with with Danny and Sansa, Sophie Turner's is really carrying the scene, which is a terrible thing to say because I I, I don't think she's much better than Danny. But but yes, it's the truth. In their scene together, she killed it. Yeah, it's the truth. She she's carrying the scene. So I don't know if that's how it's supposed to be playing on screen, but that's how it's playing. So or that's how it looks to me. But well, she she was the lucky one a couple episodes ago where they flipped the switch where all the smart characters had to be dumb and the dumb characters had to be smart. (laughs) So she has to carry all of her scenes going forward because apparently you know, she's the smartest person in Winterfell now. See, I like Sansa. I've I've always been a Sansa fan, so I'm not a Sansa hater, like a lot of people. Corey's one. <laughs> yeah, I'm I mean, I'm not a I'm not a huge fan of her, but yeah, she she's 
she's done a good job this season, but but earlier seasons, I w- I wouldn't have said the same thing. Yeah, but how much of that is just the character, though, and that you just don't like the character? Well, you know, the funny thing about that, out of all the um, kind of the Starks and the all the main characters in the books, in my opinion, she's the least developed other than the uh, the Rickon who, you know, disappeared and then died immediately right. on the show. Uh, but she, you know, they they play her really well as a, a teenage girl, but you know, in a medieval show, a teenage girl isn't necessarily the most interesting thing going on, I guess is probably the best way to put it. Right. Of course not. Yeah, and she really is a teenage girl. Like, that's how the character is. Right, yeah. I mean, that's, you know, that that's that's good for her, but it, it's just, now that, now that she's gotten older, you know, it, it is nice to see her kind of assert, you know, hey, I'm actually, you know, the head of this house now. But uh but the journey here, if it would have only been about her, I don't know how long I would have stayed in for. Right. That's fair. So let's talk about Sansa and Theon. I really, really loved this scene for a number of reasons. And of course this is the scene that cuts off the Sansa and Danny scene, <laughs> which I wasn't happy about, but I feel it did pay off for a number of reasons because for one, we got just like what you're talking about. We got Sansa asserting herself without really knowing, realizing that she was asserting herself because Danny, of course, was watching this whole thing transpire between her and Theon and kind of looked a little jealous about how when Theon, of course, at first, at first is addressing, you know, Danny as his queen and everything else and, you know, catching her up to speed of what's going on. And then he immediately looks over to Sansa and is like, I want to fight for you. I want to fight for Winterfell. And then, of course, they have their kind of touching embrace that they have together. And Danny's just looking like she's not happy about this. <laughs> well, you know, that's that's actually I have a, a question for you real quick. Um, do you think that that's her being jealous of sansa or do you think that that's her kind of being jealous that you know this is in her mind her country but she doesn't know anyone yeah like like theon and and sansa are you know brother and sister where danny kind of goes you know i'm the queen but also i didn't grow up with these people I, i don't know these people exactly but they're still my subjects or i want them to be and they right, don't want right. to be <laughs> They don't want to be her subjects. They don't they don't want that. That's what Sansa was just explaining to her in, you know, in their little meeting that this wasn't what we wanted. And that's what John can't seem to get through his stupid brain is that he just went there to her and just handed her the north when nobody said that was okay to do. And then he expected everyone to bow to her. And they're all like, what? What's going on? And that's what nobody seems to understand. Like everybody on Reddit Nobody understands that. Everybody's like, but the White Walkers, okay, like, we understand that. But just like what Sansa was trying to explain to Danny, if we get through this, if we live, what happens next? Like, we have to be having some some forethought here. We can think about more than one thing at, at the same time. We're capable of doing that. 
<laughs> right, right. Yeah. And honestly, we're that's, capable that's of making a great plans. Point. Yeah. And thinking right. ahead a little bit. Like, yes, we're aware the White Walkers, we know Night King, we know John's been talking about it for three fucking seasons. <laughs> Everybody knows. Well, you, you know, that's it, it's crazy that you bring that up because. You know, Danny obviously gets a lot of uh, love online, and and John gets a lot of love. And you know, John John kind of sucks. He does stupid like, shit. He was interesting for a while, but then the second that you know somebody could give him a title, he was like, "No, I don't want that." And then you know, ended up killing it with without even wanting to do the the job. It, it's kind of a weird. You know, he he gets over the Night's Watch and all of a sudden, you know, he leads a revolt. You know, they they go to fight for Winterfell, which is something that's never happened before. And it's like, how does this guy just keep walking into situations? You know, he's falling upwards. It's such a strange thing to, to see. Yeah, and that's obviously the character arc. And, like, I say he's stupid. I say he does stupid shit. And he does. But it's like... He can, like you're saying, he continuously falls upward and doesn't realize it. I think until finally now, he realizes this is his destiny, so to speak. He's obviously a king. He's constantly getting thrown into leadership positions, and everybody constantly saying things like, "John doesn't want it. John doesn't want it." I don't think that's true, and I don't think it matters because if you look at if you look at monarchies, period, even even monarchies in in real history they may not want it either but they don't have a choice this is just what you have to do right you're a king you're you're a prince your father's gonna die you're gonna be the king or or however the monarchy is however succession is working out in that you know in whatever your monarchy is whatever country you're in like this is the way that it's gonna be the problem with john is that he wasn't raised that way so it isn't a question of does he quote unquote want it? It's a question of he might not, he doesn't have a choice. You see what I'm saying? Right, right. Well, and you know, the funny thing was while, while we're, while you're talking there, I realized, you know, his, his path has been predictable in a sense that it, it's a fantasy show and that, you know, sure. he started out as a bastard that's mom didn't like it and ends up as, you know, he's going to be the king. And then I was like, well, you know, the only place he could go from there is, you know, he could be like a god. And then I thought, oh, wait, yeah, a lot of people think that he's <laughs> the Lord of Light. think that he is. <laughs> and I was yeah. like, oh, my God, this is, you know, it's funny because <laughs> when we talk about this show and a lot of people, they kind of feel intellectually superior because this is a deeper show. But then you just look at that from the outside and you're like, oh, that's, that's you know. That's the hackiest writing that that you could have. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so do you think, um, I know that we're not to predictions yet, but do you think that anybody, do you think that um, the the red lady, Melisandra, comes back? Do you think that Azur, could he yes. make an appearance next episode? Yeah, I think we're going to see Mel with the fiery hand. Definitely. Yeah, for sure. Her Are we army. going old her or young her? It'll be young her. Right. Well, yeah, but yeah, it'll be that, young her. That old that old scene really really threw me. Yeah, yeah, I, th- I think, but yeah, 
I think we're going to see everybody, really, anybody that that could potentially have an army or potentially fight, we're going to see. At some point, we may not see her at Winterfell, but we may see her later at King's Landing. Right. Well, th- well that's kind of what I, w- I was curious about, because I feel like if she's going to show up, it, it would be during the kind of supernatural battle. Compared right. to showing up with, you know, with Cersei, who Cersei's the devil, but you know, we have the actual death coming after him. So, yeah. And speaking of that, um, we can talk about the War Council meeting too. In this episode, that was another one of my favorite scenes where Bran blurts out what the Night King wants. <laughs> right. The question that has been on everyone's mind for years. Right. <laughs> What did you think about that? Oh, I thought it was great. Uh, you know, that that's kind of the weird dichotomy of this episode is that I think that it was shot very well, but also I wish they did different things. Like that that brand moment was a great moment. Um, and honestly one of the one of the few moments that I wish would have stayed. Uh, it's just I, I kind of wish they did different things around it. But, yeah, maybe next episode before the Night King shows up, everybody will be like, what's that symbol for? And just kind of knock that out of the way, too. Yeah, there's just so many questions. And I kind of didn't like that they're basically just saying that he's just a bad guy, that there's no nothing else going on there. And I know, I mean, I haven't read the books. I know you have, but. I mean, just do just getting on the wikis and well, just watching the show and the characters on the show. Nobody's a cut and dry bad guy. Nobody's a cut and dry good guy. I mean, except for like Ramsey and Joffrey, you know, characters like that. That yeah, right, were right, just exactly. bad, but they were still there. Were still some complications there. There were reasons for the things that they did, the way that they were. There were complicated reasons for how they are, which was explained. There, there's no cut and dry characters in this story, and then for them just to be like, "Oh yeah, the Night King, he's just a mindless killing machine, just wants to kill everyone." I just, I don't know. I don't like that. <laughs> I don't well, like that at all. Yeah, I think uh, you know it. It, it is. I, I do love this show, but I think really once we got to kind of the Three Eyed Raven, it kind of jumped the shark in terms of you know. I guess plausibility, like, you know, there could be dragons. There's not, but there could be. Um, I I don't know if there's an all-seeing, you know, Google boy uh, or death, you know, as as an actual person. Uh, But, but yeah, I I think that that's kind of where it it did that. But, again, you know, it it was a very well-done done scene and and answered one of the questions that that people have been wondering for years as you said yeah so i guess that's the direction the show is going to go and i i don't see the i don't see george writing it that way i mean you know that that's the way that the show's gonna go but for at most what two episodes i mean realistically would it stun you if the Night King made it to, say, episode five? Yeah, because I think the big, the real big bad's going to be Cersei, right? Dealing with her. 
Yeah, yeah, I agree. Um, I'm I'm just saying, you know, uh, while he is kind of a and honestly boring character because he's not complex in the way the other characters are, um, you know, I don't I don't think he's gonna really be a, around long enough for us to care. Right. Well, and then, like I said before, too, we've got the prequels coming, so I don't think that they can really say a lot about him for that reason. Right, yeah. And that, that could uh, be what they're doing, which is frustrating. So, yeah, yeah, that that's pretty frustrating. I don't, that would be the only character, I guess you could have three other three-eyed ravens, but he's really the only character you could do a prequel about. Yep. And, and of course, yeah, the children, Three-Eyed Ravens, all that, which is what they're going to do. So, Because Bran mentioned other Three-Eyed Ravens. He said that he's tried to kill all of them. So there's been more, obviously. Well, the weird thing is I, I've heard that the Three-Eyed Raven show is going to be more of a buddy cop show than, yeah. than a serious drama like Game of Thrones. Yeah. Um, that's, <laughs> none yeah, of that's true. We'll have to see. <laughs> um, so I like the scene too where Tyrion says he thinks that they all live. <laughs> he just like blurts that out. I think we all live while he's drinking. <laughs> maybe you it know, maybe it's me up. Uh, what's his name, Mark Ruffalo, when he was talking about the Avengers and said half of them die. Maybe maybe Tyrion's give us an giving us all a nod that they all make it to Winterfell or uh, King's Landing before something happens to the main characters. Yeah, that could be. It it was quite funny. Or they all die and get raised back as whites and go kill Cersei. (laughs) Either way, it's a (laughs) win-win. As long as she dies. At least. (laughs) Yeah, as long as she dies, it's a win. Um, And then, of course, Jamie knighting Brienne. I thought that was a great scene. Oh yeah, I mean, uh, again, that the the show was was filmed beautifully this week, and honestly, you know, Jamie nodding nodding her, you know, it, it kind of ties a a bow on both characters to me. I know that that Jamie's still got to deal with with Cersei, but you know, most of the show, and even you know, there was a book or or two books where they're with each other the entire time. You know, their their character yeah. arcs are more with each other than anyone else. Yeah. Yeah, that I, I really like that scene with, with those two. I wanted him to tell her that he came back there for her, you know, when right. they're in the courtyard. But he doesn't. But that's okay. And all the stuff with Tormund was great. All all the stuff all the stuff with the, this whole group of people I, was really my favorite out of the entire episode. I liked all that with what it was Davos, Tormund, Pod, Tyrion, Brienne, and Jamie. All of yeah. them. It was just it was just great. I just, I loved all of that, and I liked Sam giving Heartsbane to Jorah. But again, we got another interruption because right before that. We finally got Liana and Jorah, which we complained about last week because we didn't get to see, we didn't get anything with the two of them, like meeting each other or any of that. And we finally got a scene with them and she's, you know, yelling at him because he's telling her to 
go down in the crypts and she, you know she's telling him no that she's gonna fight and everything being all little bear about it and of course they get interrupted another great scene between I think that she's a really good I think she's great to be as as young as she is I think she's great and they got interrupted by Sam <laughs> Right, yeah, it's you know, so she, she kind of started out as a, a, a comedy character, you know, it's funny to hear her yell at all the adults, uh, mm-hmm. but yeah, no, I agree, she's she's really came on, um, but, you know, she, her, her character, in my opinion, kind of uh, makes any other character, uh, child character kind of look incompetent. Like yeah. uh, the the other little little prince that got burned up last episode, um, you know him compared to her, Over. and I think yeah. she's older than him, but still, you know, she just kind of blew him out of the water. Oh yeah, of course. Yeah, I just I'm really getting frustrated by the interruptions. I, I really am. I don't I don't like it. It's it's cheap, and I don't like it. And there's no need for it. There just isn't. Just let them finish a conversation. I mean, we have four more episodes. What? I mean, (laughs) well, the the worst interruption of all, and and we haven't touched on it, is you know Tyrion set down with Bran. You could make a whole nother show out of that, and I would watch every second of it. I wonder what all he told him. Well, he was probably like, so how many more prostitutes could I have slept with if I wouldn't have decided to become the hand? Because, you know, that's what people use Google for. And he's basically the Google of, of the show. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. He links into the weirwood trees and knows everything about you. So let's talk about this song that Pod sang. Everybody's talking about it. It was like the most Googled thing on last night or whatever. Um, apparently the. And I posted a link on here. I don't know if you have it pulled up, but. Yeah, um, I'm, I'm looking at it. So I guess that this was well. First of all, can we just say that at the end of the show, if you let if you let the credits credits roll, you get a beautiful rendition by Florence and the Machine, which was gorgeous. I definitely need to find that so I can download it. Right. Yeah. It's uh. It's a in that that video underneath on on that web page. But yeah, no, it was it was really good. So I guess this is a song that Rhaegar sang at. The tourney at Heron Hall before all of these events took place. And I guess he sang it to Lyanna Stark. And they said that he might have sang it also to Cersei at one point. And I guess this was a song that he wrote. He was the Bob Dylan of his time, Sarah. He really was. Apparently, all the girls just, he had all the girls, he had all the ladies. So I thought that was a little interesting little tidbit of information that they nodded. Because this song is in the books, correct? That's what this article says anyway. I don't. You may not remember it. Right. Yeah, there's, um, you know, quite a few of, of the songs on, on the show that they've put in the books. And, you know, they, they all kind of blur together after, after all this time. But. Yeah, I, I also read the same thing. My uh, Reddit article was actually about that song, too. Yeah, so I found it interesting. I'll put it in the 
show notes when I post the podcast. If people want to link to this article, it's by Joanna Robinson from Vanity Fair. And she did a, a really nice little write-up. It's quick. It's a quick little read. She put some video on there, too, where you can, like, hear the song and, and everything. And I thought it was really interesting. I thought it was a nice little nod to book readers, you know, to be like, yeah, we know. You watch the show. Here you go. <laughs> right. Yeah. You know, there there were a couple. I, I saw another thing on Reddit that was talking about how the two swords that came from Ned Stark when they broke his in half that mm-hmm. Brienne touched both of them before she was knighted. And, you know, oh, that's yeah, something that's that I would have never, yeah, I would have never put that together. But, you know, that's one of those things I kind of wonder, you know, I wonder if George R. R. Martin had that or if, if the writers came up with it, because that's clever enough that I think somebody should get credit for it. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, that is interesting. I never thought about that. And they're both there at Winterfell now, I guess, right? Both yeah, swords. yeah, they're they're both at Winterfell, which, you know, uh, you you were talking how you didn't like that it was matching up with season one, but uh, you know, little nods like that, I, I yeah, think are little, really good. Yes, I, I yeah. like stuff like that. I didn't want it to mirror season one. I didn't want it to be a copy, just with different characters, but doing the same things. That's what I meant. That's what I was worried about. But, but yeah, I like I like the little callbacks and, and the little nods for sure. So let's talk about some scenes that we hated. (laughs) I hated, hated, hated the Arya and Gendry stuff. Hated it. Oh, God. Hated it. Well, and not only that, you know, it was just so, uh, you know, it was foreshadowed just, yeah, it was so blatant. Like like in episode one, my fiance turned to me and she was like, they're going to fuck. And I was like, oh, okay, yeah. Yeah, I was so uncomfortable watching this. Another podcast that I listen to, it's, um, I'll give you guys a, a shout out. It's called Shat the Movies. And they do a Game of Thrones podcast. And that they said it was like watching their niece disrobe. It was just so inappropriate. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> it is, that's a it good, is pretty weird. That's a good way of putting it. It really was. It was just like, oh, I, I ran it forward. I couldn't watch it. I was like, no, I'm not. No. Because <laughs> like we watched her grow up. You know? Yeah, it, it really is, you know, and as, so as a awkward. guy as a guy reading the books, you know, I, I feel like a, a lot of guys probably look at her like a little sister yeah. at this point. So her, niece, like those guys were saying, you know, they were like, We felt so like scummy watching that. <laughs> well, and you know, the, the crazy thing is you know, she picked Gendry, and while I get it, he looks like Christian Bale. Like, I got you, girl. But, you know, go after Podrick, man. If you're only going to get to have sex once, you might as well pick the guy who's got the, uh, the, ma- the you know, magic dick. The master class? Yeah. <laughs> that platinum penis? Yeah, maybe she doesn't know about Podrick, you know? Maybe word hasn't traveled that far yet or something. I don't know. Do you think that her and Sansa get a moment and Sansa's like, come on, if you're going to pick anybody. Yeah, Sansa's Do you like, not heard hey. the stories about this guy? I mean, I know you're hanging out with the, <laughs> the faceless men, but uh, this guy's got a little more than a face, let me tell you. Let me fill you in on something here, honey. <laughs> <laughs> oh, gosh. Uh, yeah, no. I Let's move on. <laughs> uh, did you have anything that you wanted to say that you thought was terrible? You know, the the only thing that 
the the only thing that killed me and I, I feel like it, it's kind of seeping in more and more through the years you know th- this show is set in the middle ages and we don't need like seven scenes of like women wanting to fight like I know that it's empowering or whatever, but like the little girl wanting to fight is, is possibly the worst scene in the entire show. Like, you know, we've we've only got six hours or whatever left. Like we can use that minute on literally anything else. I agree. And then Gilly having to convince her, Oh, you can come and protect me in the crypts. It's like, Oh God. (laughs) And, you know, I know that in in today's kind of society, everyone has a favorite character, and there must be somebody in the world that likes a Gilly. But my God, like out of everyone whose yeah. name I know, why are we spending any time with her? I agree. Yeah, it was it was good to see her again, and and whatever, and and I I do like her. I like the character, and that's fine. But. Yeah, and I get what they were trying to do with the scene. I guess they were trying to give a call back to sh- to Shireen because the little girl's face is burned, you know, on her cheek. Right, She right. had scarring just like Shireen does, and of course it looks like a burn, and poor Shireen, we know what happened there. And, you know, and then it was Davos that was pouring the soup for her and whatever. So I, I get what they were trying to do, but yeah, I'm like you. I'm going to be like, Bran, we don't have time for this. <laughs> Yeah, and that was that was probably, you know, it wasn't a reunion, but it, it really was. I mean that, that girl was basically supposed to be the, the stand in for Shireen and Right. You know, it, it's just one of those things where it's like I don't know, that, that kind of bow on things is, is very un Game of Thronesy in in my opinion. Right. I think so too. Yeah, where's Bran when you need him? We don't have time for this. <laughs> he should have been like sitting right there yelling that out at Davos. It's like, dudes, dragons. Well, and it would make sense because he's <laughs> apparently teleporting all around the castle. Yeah. Because I've yet to see a wheelchair ramp. Yeah. How is like, he I'm not sure around? how he's getting. Somebody must be holding the door for him. Oh, <laughs> too soon. <laughs> too soon. Oh, man. Oh gosh. Yeah, another worse scene, and then we can move on for me anyway, was John telling Danny who he was. It just first of all, it fell super flat. Um, again, it's it's these two again in a room by themselves trying to act <laughs> at like a pivotal important moment. Right. And exactly. it, it just fell flat for me. Again, it was super rushed. And then again, they get interrupted. Well, you know, uh, actually, this is, and I agree with you that the scene's terrible, but, you know, she actually had a question that I wouldn't have considered. You know, I wouldn't have considered, well, that makes you the heir to the throne. That would have been like my ninth concern. You know, number one's like, oh shit, is this guy my cousin? You know, we just had sex. Why? Oh, my God. Is he really telling me, like, how long has he known? Yeah, he's my nephew. Yeah. yeah, But but instead, she's like, well, that gives you the right to the throne. And I'm like, how do you even know know that? It seems like your childhood was running away from assassins. Whoever sat you down and was like, listen, here is the actual order. 
which you don't need to know because anybody else that's in front of you is dead. Like, yeah, it, it, I mean, I like guess she just she obviously one. knows how the line of secession works in in a, a nation like this in a, in a monarchy like this that's set up this way. It's common knowledge how these things work, and if John is Rhaegar and Lyanna's legitimate heir, and if they legit were married, which they were, they were married by a maester. It was a you know a real marriage that was documented and recorded. Then yeah, he's he's the heir. That's just how the monarchy works. Because she's a sister, right? So right. she wouldn't have been in line unless John had died when he was a baby or whatever, and Rhaegar didn't have any other children. Right, That's but still, I'm just saying that that wouldn't have way. been my first. Like I would yeah, be more and- processing. Oh my god, this like we just had sex. Like, uh-huh. and now he's telling me, yeah. <laughs> a lot of sex. <laughs> yeah, and we had this uh, this midget guy walk in on us, and it was pretty crazy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I guess they're just trying to set her up to basically be the the polar opposite of John. So right. for the last, for like I said, three or four seasons, his mantra has been, the Night King is coming, the Night King is coming. That's all he's cared about. He hasn't cared about anything else. To anyone that would listen, that's what he tells them. He's like the crazy guy at the end of the bar, you know, when you're just like there to pick up your to-go order. And he's like, hey, have you heard about this conspiracy theory? And you're like, dude, I'm just here to get my burger and fries. <laughs> like, <laughs> I got to get my dragon salsa. and I'm gonna I right do there. not want to deep dive. Yeah, I need to my turkey leg. <laughs> <laughs> I, I do not want to deep dive into any of your wacky conspiracy theories. Yeah, that's that's been John for, <laughs> for the last like three or four seasons. And Danny is the total opposite of that, where all she cares about is being the queen and being on the throne and getting the throne. Like nothing else matters. That's all we've heard about from her for the last however many seasons. And now it's kind of right there within her grasp. And yeah, she can literally see it like dangling in front of her face and that's all that she cares cares about she just doesn't care about anything else so i think that that's the dichotomy that they're trying to draw between the two characters i guess they're trying to get you to maybe pick a side right yeah there's got to be a little tension yeah 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 because i mean realistically i think most people at this point believe that believe if there is going to be say a last fight it would be between those two after you get rid of the night king you get rid of cersei right i can definitely see that happening i don't know how they're going to do that in four episodes yeah that's you know that that's kind of my critique of the the season is there's you know there's not a lot of time to do this stuff yeah, they're going to have to sprinkle that in with the fight. I know there's like some funny stuff on Reddit right now about how Danny's going to like throw a rock on John's head <laughs> while she's like flying on Drogon and he's like, you know, flying on Rhaegal and she's going to just like <laughs> throw a rock on his head or do something crazy. She's going to gonna, like him. crash her dragon into his yeah. dragon and knock him in the ocean. <laughs> right. <laughs> Yeah, so, um, which we laugh about, but I mean, they could do some, I mean. Wouldn't that just be the greatest ending if she just knocks him in the ocean? She's not happy about this. (laughs) 
I don't know that. Well, and you know the crazy thing about that is when the show started, like she would have loved to find another Targaryen. Right. Exactly. That was you know, and then she brother Varys. Yeah. Sure. Uh, and then she gets Aquaman, and then she gets dragons, and you'd think she'd be like, man, shit, you know, my my day's going pretty well, but mm-hmm. yeah, no, she is she is all about the queen, being the queen at this point. Yeah, that's literally all she cares about. And the th- the thing about John, this is what I'm so frustrated about too, and that nobody really talks is has really mentioned this or talked about it. I kind of touched on it a little bit in the last episode, but I kept getting shouted out, Corey, so I couldn't really talk about it. But um. <laughs> Just kidding. We love you, Corey. Um, but John has been preaching to everybody in the North about how crowns don't matter. Thrones don't matter. None of this matters. The Night King, the Night King is coming. That's all we need to care about. But but he hasn't said any of this to Danny. So last season, all he all he wanted from her was was the Dragonstone. That's all that he needed. Or right. Dragonglass, I'm sorry, from Dragonstone. I apologize. Right. To make weapons. And the whole time, she's been the knee, been the knee, been the knee. And he never once gave her this speech, not one time. Not one time did he tell her, look, I'm sorry, but if you die, if we all die, like your crown and your throne and all this stuff that you want, the kingdom that you want, it, it, it's not going to be here. Like, it's none of this is going to matter anymore. So well, I mean, I'm not, did... not going to bend the knee to you. I'm going to remain the king of the north because that's what my people want. And you're going to let me mine the dragon glass. And I'm going to go back to the north. I would love it if you would come with me since you have basically 747s that we can fight these people with. But if not, I guess you'll stay here and die. I'll go there and die. But I'm keeping my crown, right? Like, what would have been hard about that? He's never once given her that speech, but he gives it to everybody else. Right, yeah. You know, at this point, I feel like, you know, the way that speech went... I feel like he's telling her, you know, I'm I'm going to be king either way. Like, either we're going to be together and I'm going to be king, or it's my claim to the throne. Like, I think he's fine being with her, but, you know, the, this last episode and even the last few few lines of the show, I, I feel like that that's kind of what he was telling her. Yeah, because, too, if you notice throughout the episode, she keep, she continuously tries to approach him and talk to him, and he just walks away from her. He won't talk to her. In the in the very opening scene, after they all stand up, Sans is the first one to walk away. And then she turns to John, and John like barely even makes eye contact with her. Like he doesn't even want to look at her in the face. And he just walk quickly, swiftly walks away. And then if you also notice in that scene, he says two words. She looks over at him and says, What does the warden of the north think? And he just says, Oh, we need all the men we can get. <laughs> very just like Right, you know, as bland as he possibly could get it out, and yeah, he was very cold to her the entire scene. The only time he talks to her is in that scene, like talks to her directly, is in that last scene with when he's telling her who he is. Yeah, I, you know, these. I was reading about how expensive the the show was to do this season, and God, those dragons must be expensive because they are spending a lot of time in the crypt. Like yeah. you have all these beautiful sets and that's like, no, no, we're going to, we're going to be underground for a minute. Let's go down to this damp, dank, dark crypt where nobody can see anything. I had to like turn my backlight up on my TV to even see this shit. <laughs> all right. Well, let's, 
move on and let's talk about our Reddit picks. What is your what is your first Reddit pick that you have? Okay, so my first Reddit pick, uh, we actually kind of uh, talked about earlier. It was uh, the Jenny of Old Stone, the song that was sang afterwards. Uh, yeah. Apparently, so many people Googled it that the Thrones wiki crashed. Wow, um, really? <laughs> yeah. But uh, the the pick, it just goes into, uh, in the novels, what, what the story meant and how it, it kind of parallels what's going on with, with Danny and John. Um, which, you know, honestly, I didn't even, I didn't even think about it until this morning, you know, I heard him, I heard him sing and I was like, oh, that's nice. And then this morning I was like, you know, oh shit, it's Game of Thrones. That's clearly something I need to look that up. Uh, and apparently everybody else had the same, the same idea. Yeah, <laughs> that's crazy. That the wiki crashed. I heard everybody Googled Arya's age, too. It was like the top Google thing. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Googling her, um, for all the people that out there that haven't done it yet, uh, keep the safe search filter on because she gets a little wild. Yeah, she does. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's cool. Yeah, I really, really, really like that song and the lyrics are cool and who knew that the guy that plays pod could sing so well. Yeah. I mean, I mean, he killed it and then Florence and machine, you know, after the show did, did a great job as well. Yeah. It's very cool. Um, well my first Reddit story or my only Reddit story actually comes from a song of ice and fire and it's posted by chewy nine one eight. And it's called A Big Problem with the Show's Writing. And this is kind of what we've already been, you know, pretty much discussing. They go on to say, I think the biggest problem with the show in recent seasons is its apparent refusal to have a conversation longer than one minute. And every time a conversation cannot be resolved in this time frame, something conveniently happens to end it. The most recent example would be Danny and Sansa's conversation in season eight, episode two. In this conversation, we see Sansa and Danny begin to bond before the conflict between them is brought into focus. This is a great scene as it clearly establishes the causes of the conflict, how they view each other and how neither of them are willing to compromise on this topic. The only problem, it ends way too soon. Instead of the conflict being allowed to escalate or de-escalate, it is simply ended by Theon conveniently showing up and the conflict remains unchanged. Unchanged. The same thing happens again when John and Danny are discussing John's lineage, and before any conflict between the two can escalate to an interesting point, White Walkers decide to attack. I feel this is a common issue with the more recent seasons, and it frustratingly prevents characters progressing any further. The conflicts just keep getting postponed and it makes it feel like the show is just treading water. Yeah, I mean, that's pretty much what we've been saying. It, it is very frustrating. And at this point, I, they just don't have time to be doing that. I mean, you, you could get away with it somewhat in season seven. You could definitely get away with it in season six, but not now. Yeah, you know, and and the wildest thing about it is uh, HBO asked for more episodes this season. Like, back in the day, in season one or season two, you know, th- this Sans and Danny conversation could have been half the episode. You know, them them playing mental chess against each other, but 
just just the way that they've done it and yeah it's a lazy way to kind of keep the tension up so that they can come back to it later and yeah with, with six episodes that's just personally that that's not what i would have done and honestly as big as the the books are i don't i don't feel like george r, r. martin is gonna do either no no i don't i don't think that that'll happen at all and then somebody put in the comments too and this is by poster reset re or user po- uh, reset rewinds makes me wish game of thrones had writers on on par with shows like mad men sopranos or the wire obviously those shows are drastically different but they all portrayed how humans actually converse in a compelling manner i rewatched mad men before game of thrones season eight started and i regret it because the quality of the writing between the two series is stark haha <laughs> part, pardon the pun yeah but yeah i mean they're right it's it's a problem Oh yeah, and you know the only other the only other show I really watch like this is uh Better Call Saul, the the Breaking Bad spinoff, and yeah, yeah, it's a it's night and day the writing staffs. Uh, to follow on that point, I actually saw on Twitter somebody was talking about it, and they said dialogue should be limited, and every scene must move the the plot forward with action, not words. And that was an interview with George R. R. Martin. And, you know, if you look at it through that frame, when was the last time that that applied to the show? Right. You know, I mean, they, they Probably always... Probably season four. Yeah. When Martin I mean, was still writing for the show. <laughs> right, exactly. Yeah, because the last uh, show he wrote was The Lion and the Rose, and that was season four. So... <laughs> Yeah, I just, you know, it, it it's so just so crazy because for so long they did so well. And that's what makes the the drop off so severe, even though it's probably not very much of a drop off at all compared to other shows on television. Right. But it's like we discussed earlier, they've set the bar so high and it's such an ambitious show that what what the audience is expecting you know, we we want more. We expect more. We should get more because of the money that's been spent on the show. Well, and time. I mean, it's been two years. Exactly. You know, and I mean, they're doing all together. It's going to be what, about eight, ten, ten hours. But mm-hmm. guys, you had two years. Like, you, you can't you can't do it how you're doing it so far. But. You yeah, know, that, and, that's just us. And I think a lot of it, too, and I mean, just for the listeners out there, I know we've kind of crap, crapped on this episode a little bit. And I mean, I don't apologize for it. I think that these are honest critiques and these are just our opinions. And if you want to murder us for it, whatever, you can go off and continue to be a crazy person. But, you know, we love this show and these are just honest critiques of something that we love. And I'm hoping that they can pull this off. I mean, I'm rooting for them. I don't, I don't want to see this go badly, but I'm definitely concerned. And I think that my concerns are valid. And I'm not just going to sit here and, oh, it was, it was, I mean, people were online saying that this was the best episode ever of Game of Thrones ever. Yeah, I was reading reviews. Have you ever watched Game of Thrones? Have you ever watched the show? Because I think a lot of what's going on here is it's just shiny new toy. 
you know, we haven't had the show for two years and we finally have it back. And I think that that's all it is. You know, this is only the second episode. And I I think that that's a lot of what's going on. Right. And, you know, the, the episodes that we know that there's not very many more. So we have to talk ourselves into li- liking what we're getting. <laughs> yeah. I think that's a lot of what's going on, which is fine. I mean, but that's just not the kind of fan that I am. Well, and honestly, you know, I think that's really what kind of sets what we're doing apart from everybody else. Because, yeah, I was reading reviews, giving it a 9 and a 10. And honestly, I mean, it was probably directed well enough. But at this point, you know, I like to think the people that are reviewing these shows have watched them the whole time and kind of see where... And well, I'm this starting was to question really that. Well, they dropped the ball. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm starting to question that because I'm like, have you watched the show? I mean, even people that I you know that I know online or that I know, you know, from like my Facebook group and stuff, they're all on there just loving it. And I'm like, this is the best Game of Thrones episode you've ever seen. Hmm, I can name ten right now, just off the top of my head, that are better than this. Like, that's not. I don't know. Yeah, I think it's. Yeah, you know, people just want to be in on on the next new thing. I mean, you know, I'm sure whenever Avengers and Star Wars comes out, everybody's gonna love it. Then there's gonna be a backlash. It's just kind of the circle of life at this point. Yeah, I just my fear with it is that everybody's gonna do this now, and then after it ends, you know, maybe in a year or a couple years before the prequels do come out, they're gonna go back to this. And they're going to say, well, I don't want to watch the prequels because season eight was a shit show. Right. In hindsight. Yeah, I think I think it's really. For a prequel show to work, I think you really have to pick something, at least the first one that that's not very kind of inside baseball. I, I think you do have to maybe do the Night King just because that's somebody people have seen in commercials and they might remember. Yeah. Which is what they're doing. So that's good. So there's hope. <laughs> right. Yeah. Let's, I mean, you know, I, I only want good Game of Thrones going yeah. forward. So I hope everything works out, you know, as yes. well as possible. Absolutely. But we're not going to sit here and just be cheerleaders. And I just love everything that they're doing at the same time. <laughs> I hope that right. makes sense. You, you only get that version <laughs> of us at the bar crawl. <laughs> Yes, that is that is true. If there's turkey legs, <laughs> right, and dragon salsa, <laughs> and meat pie, fray pies, yes. <laughs> um, let's talk predictions for episode three. What are you thinking is going to happen in the next episode? So, you know they they've said beforehand that you know there's going to be the longest battle scene ever recorded or something. So. I would assume that this is when that happens. Um, You know, I assume it's a huge battle. I assume that they're going to get rid of, they may kill a major character, but I think that this is kind of the time for Tormund to go and for Brienne to go and people that are important, but maybe don't necessarily have to be there at the end. Yeah, I think Brienne probably does go because... We saw her arc finish in this last episode. Because we saw her happy and she has to die. 
Right. That's, that's how the show works. <laughs> that's how the show works. So, yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if that happens. Um, yeah, I think it's going to be pretty much all battle. Um, I think Cersei will probably do something dumb. I'm not exactly sure what, but I just have a feeling that she wasn't in this episode at all. Right. See anything at all from her. So they, she was talked about and she was discussed. So I'm a little concerned <laughs> about her. Right. Um, yeah. I'm not. Uh, yeah. I, and you know, if it is an all battle scene, do we see Cersei? You know, does she just drop in at the last second? I Maybe they're trying to retreat some... into her or something. Yeah, I think we see something that she does. Like something that she has set in motion and then we see it come to fruition. So I'm I'm just gonna do this right now and I'm gonna give all the listeners a warning. This is a this is a spoiler, a leak that I heard. I don't know if it's true. It is a leak, so take it with a grain of salt. But if you don't want to hear this, now's the time to stop the podcast and maybe come back to it after next week after the show airs. But the leak that I heard is that Cersei is going to kidnap Sansa during this battle. Who who's going to I I heard that Sansa might die. Um but if if she does get kidnapped, do you, do you have any idea who does it? Is it going to be uh maybe Bronn? Bronn? Yeah, I guess Bronn would be the person. Yeah. And I know, like, his task was actually to kill the brothers. But he may get an opportunity to snatch her and do that instead. Right. Yeah, I mean, that, you know, there, I guess, I guess there does need to be kind of, kind of an arch, kind of bringing Cersei back into it. But that just seems so unnecessary. I I mean, if they do it it. right, it'll be great. But it just... I hate it. It I'm like, oh awful. God, no! Doesn't it? Yeah. When I heard this, I was like, please let this not be true. For the record, I do not want this to happen. I think this sounds terrible, I think and I only, do not want this to happen. I think the only thing that will be worse, and if it gets to this point, I'm guaranteeing a hundred percent this happens. If the crypt, you know, because people kept saying, you know, the crypt is safe, which we know means the crypt can't be safe. Um, <laughs> That's what everybody's saying. If, yeah. if, um, oh crap, what's her name? Uh, if Lady Stoneheart, if there's kind of a wink to that. Yeah, like um, a nod. Yeah. Yeah, because I, I think that that's guaranteed to happen, but also, yeah, it, it's just kind of so easy and so cheap that I don't actually want to see it. Yeah. But we'll see. I mean that that's a great thing. We still have we still have another month of the show and these are the long ones. Yeah, I I don't I don't want to see any bullshit. I just don't. We just don't we don't have time for it. I don't want them adding any any more plots. I just don't want them doing that because this is just crazy and we already know that everybody's probably going to retreat to King's Landing anyway. So right, that would, that would is, automatically yeah. bring her in anyway. So why do you have to do this crazy like kidnap plot? It's just terrible. And I really hope that they don't do it. But moving on. Um, I think that at least one major character will die. Because somebody has to be a white. 
right? <laughs> right. And, you know, the thing that I heard was was Sansa. Uh, yeah, we already gave a spoiler warning, so. Yeah, that's what everybody keeps saying. It, it would kind of make sense if she's the only Stark in the crypt that she would get turned. You know, and then maybe and then, like, John the whole family comes out or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then I think that we may not see the Night King. I think that he may be going to the Citadel or he may be going to King's Landing. Really? You think you think that he just kind of skips Bran for a minute? He might. That uh, that that's more surprising than than I think anything else we we've predicted at this point, because I I really can't see a way that this episode ends without, and you know it may be the last shot of the episode where you know Bran and the Night King are within seeing distance of each other, like yeah, it, the the way that the shows kind of went with people getting cut off and interesting conversations i could almost see you know the next week on game of thrones see how this resolves itself (laughs) yeah yeah i mean because bran said that he wants to destroy all of humanity he wants to wipe out their memories basically which is bran but the citadel also holds memories too and we kept hearing about that throughout the episode we you know even sam uh, sam brings it up where he Stole the book. He stole some books, and he brings that up again. So I mean, it's it's. I would like that. I would be okay with that. Yeah, I mean, that's you know the the great thing about Game of Thrones is the misdirects. You know, you think yeah. one thing's gonna happen and something else happens. So, I mean, it would almost be great if they thought there was going to be a big battle, but they went easily. And then they realize, Oh shit, this isn't the, this isn't the full army. The full army is headed somewhere else. Yeah. Yeah. That, that would be a nice little, little swerve to come back. Right. Yeah. I mean, if you're just going to continually raise the stakes, I feel like that raises the stakes more than, than just about anything they could do. Other than kidnapping somebody, which, dear God, please no, don't. please don't do that. <laughs> I know they're not no. listening to us, but please, I won't do anything. No. I know, God, I do not want that to happen at all. But the Night King not being there and going somewhere else. Because there's not a standing army in Old Town, is there? There's not a standing army there. I and even if there is, it so. it wouldn't matter when you think about it. I mean... Because if you think about this is this is the thing with the Night King. This is what happens with him. If you try to if you try to fight him like this, you can't die. Okay, you can kill like you can kill his his whites and whatever, but you can't die. You can't lose anybody on your side because anybody that you lose on your side is going to become part of his army. (laughs) So really, the only way to fight him, like really fight him successfully, is for none of you to. even have the potential of dying and how do you do that the way that they're setting up this battle at Winterfell it really looks like that they're fighting this like a traditional battle so unless they have some kind of surprise up their sleeve or something that maybe they haven't shown us yet it really looks like that they're going to fight this like a traditional battle which is real stupid 
real dumb. Yeah, I mean, I don't know if, you know, they're using dragons so much later on that they had to hold back near the beginning, but realistically, shouldn't this battle just be the dragons? Like, why why are people really even involved? Because, like you said, if any of them die, <laughs> all of a sudden you're they're bad guys. Screwed. You know, yeah, I mean, you're this screwed, is, exactly. I mean, honestly, the, the smartest thing to do would be to pack um, Winterfell with... Uh, the what's it called dragon's breath and then blow the it all up yeah. yeah i mean that's well that's and cersei really has all the wildfire in king's landing so the smartest thing to have done would have been to have left winterfell like i don't even know why they stayed there well why, why did, did they you not stay? go to the the what is it the eerie the the our or there or even the riverlands yeah, where the grant, where where Mira Reed, yeah, where the reeds are, because their castle moves around on that bog. You can't even find them. And so, according to Yara, the dead don't like water. <laughs> she was like, "I'm going somewhere where the dead can't go." Well, what? Wait, you've got information on where the dead can't go? I, well, what, that's what I didn't what understand. Are you talking about <laughs> how come you haven't told anybody about this? <laughs> Yeah, I don't under I really don't understand the Night King's game because everybody could just sell to Essos for like a month or <laughs> however long winter lasts, you know, as long as you take uh Bran, which I think wheelchairs can get on boats. I mean, I'm not like a doctor or anything, but you know, I, I feel I like you fun. just go to Essos for a day and then all of them, you know, they can't go through water. You know, it's it, it's kind of absurd. Yeah, and the whole thing, too, with fighting him with the dragons, I mean, that's dangerous, too, because he sure took out Viserion with no trouble at all with that spear that he has. Yeah, we just can't so that's pretty dumb around the around the battlefield anymore. I think they might have learned that one. I mean, I don't know. This, I mean, I'm, I am excited for it, like... Yes, I, I want to see a big battle. I think it's going to be great, but I'm just like the logistics of this just seems kind of like it could potentially be a shit show <laughs> on a lot of levels. Well, there was a there was a scene, <laughs> and it was just in passing where uh, they they basically rigged a bridge so that the spikes went up, and it's like you understand that you're fighting zombies right like the spikes went up three inches like they're yeah. zombies what what is that bridge like who are you killing with that bridge other than your own person who falls backwards into it yeah i <laughs> I'm, tr- I'm trying to be positive here but <laughs> i don't know so far i'm just like there's just so many questions that haven't been answered that make no sense to me. And the show has never done this before. They've always been really good at, you know, clarifying things and making things pretty clear as to what's going on. Well, I'm sure by tomorrow night when this episode posts and we see on Twitter, morons don't like good things, <laughs> that everyone on Twitter will be telling us why. These were actually 10 episodes, you know, perfect score episodes and we're the worst and all that. I'm sure. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah. Until next year when they all hate it too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Enjoy your job while you still have it. Cause we're both getting fired tomorrow for this, this podcast. <laughs>
<laughs> Nobody at my job watches Game of Thrones, so I'm safe. <laughs> fair enough. Fair enough. Well, who do we think won the week? And then we'll wrap this up. I say Jamie. You said Jamie, uh, Aria, and Bran. You need to pick one person. Who do you think won? I mean, the the answer's Jamie. But, you know, Arya got laid. Got laid. So That's you got to give her props. And then, <laughs> no matter how gross I think it is. Well, and then, you know, Bran is is the human, you know, he's the psychic. He's He always wins a week, you know, because he probably told that's Tyrion true. something that's going to. But in yeah. terms of, like, actual acting, it's it's Jamie. He, he beats everybody just with the faces. He didn't have to say anything at all. The look. Yeah, <laughs> the many the looks. looks of. <laughs> the looks are great, yes. Of Nicola Coster something. Waldo, Waldo, Waldo. There we go. All right. Well, I guess we'll wrap it up there. Josh, thank you so much for being on the show. Oh, yeah. I I had fun. I'll I'll talk to you next week. And be sure to follow me at Caught My Pod. And you can follow me on Twitter at Caught My Pod, Facebook Caught My Pod. I'm on Instagram. And you can follow me at Sarah Knightley on Twitter. And me and Josh will be back next week. Thanks for listening, everyone. Bye. Bye. Bye, everyone.
Who had loved her the most? 